Hey guys, it's the Awesome Cast. We are back again and uh, ready to talk some awesome and less than awesome news. Uh, but here we are. I'm Mike Sorg up here in Pittsburgh, PA at Mayhem Studios. And and with us tonight, with I, I'm loving the backdrop going tonight. You have to be watching the video for this one. Uh, coming from, I, I presume, over there, Rob De La Creta. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am coming from that place. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to give it a little, cause I can't, I can't just leave it out. There's more to it. Oh, there it is. Can, hey, we can, can see go. your monitor, uh, coming go back. That way. And there's imagine? actually, wait, wait, wait for the bonus. You ready? Ready? Yeah. Oh, there's another one down there. But, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine playing Call of Duty on that? I couldn't oh even God. get them. I have enough to, I do have enough to make a, a pretty good. Uh, what do you call a, a, a twelve-sided shape thing? <laughs> pentoctagon? I don't know. <laughs> you just made that up. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. A pentoctagon? Wouldn't no, that have absolutely has a name for it? I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> twelve-sided uh, object. But yeah, I'm I'm here uh, in an undisclosed location with some things behind me, and I figure they're here. They may as well be on. Excellent, excellent. And uh, over on the couch, joining us again is Chachi of ChachiPlays.com. I got this weird thing going on with my hair that I just found. <laughs> Chachi says .net. It's like a cowlick. I can't, all right, sorry. Yeah, ChachiPlays.com. That's all. That's all you got. He, right Now, as we stand at the beginning of this episode live, Chachi is currently... Uh, $275 from us releasing a picture. $265. $265 away from uh, us revealing a picture of him in a dress tonight at midnight. Yeah, and apparently pre-show I was told that there's also a bra. Yeah, there's one of you just like, so, I think you're wearing a skirt and a bra huh. or something. Like Chachi, that. I've got to ask why you don't know. Because what I, the, it was like. It was a good 12 years ago. Yeah, it was oh. It's over a decade ago. I don't remember what I'm wearing in the picture, honestly. So... Yeah, so if uh, last week I stated that if we made it to the halfway point by it was originally Monday, but I found I remembered that Monday was a holiday, so I moved it to Tuesday at midnight that we would release this picture. And now we get to have a, a drive, a pledge drive at the end of during the shows tonight. So I should have, I, I, if I had more, I, I should have put up a counter as we go here. It I'll be, been, I'll be pledge driving for the next three and a half weeks, anyhow. That's so. true. That's true. So, uh, of course, Chachi plays the charity where you play games for 24 hours. Yeah. For? Charity. For kids. For kids. Yeah, for kids. For kids. We'll get in a little bit for of the that kids. later. It's for the kids. And, of course, join us tonight, Cynthia Klosky of BigBigDesign.com. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm grand. Thank you. How are you? All right. Thank you for joining us again. So, so how are things going with you? Things are good. Uh, what's exciting? Just uh, um, oodles of work, I guess. Oodles of work. Also playing, and I'm, I'm not suggesting this for Chachi Plays at all, but I have been doing a lot of Zumba 2 on the Wii. It's a good sweaty time. Uh, yeah, I'm staying away from uh, those movement games. <laughs> we, he was pleased that we uh, determined that we don't have a connect. Yeah. So uh, Zumba 2, huh? Uh, oh yeah, we've been we've been doing another podcast with, uh, where we talk to some ladies that do Zumba. So I'm curious to see how the Wii version does. Um, well, hey, this is the awesome cast where we talk about the tech stuff uh, of the week and the stuff that interests us. Uh, if you want to tune in, uh, you know we're here uh, live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern at live.sorgatronmedia.com, live.awesomecast.com as well, and you can join us and uh, chime in. And the chat room's always welcome and, and always uh, jumping every Tuesday night. Uh, if you're 
listen to this after the fact, can't join us on Tuesdays. Uh, we also got an email address, contact at awesomecast.com uh, or 724-25-ACAST at 724-252-2278. That's a lot of twos. Uh, that's a lot of twos. Yeah. We also are, uh, find us on Facebook, uh, Google+, and uh, Twitter, all awesomecast. So, uh, and, and let us know what you think of the uh, episodes also, and any stories you think we should be talking about. Why Let's, is it a 724 number? Um, considering that we're not in that area, well, I'm Google, sorry. No, well, just, well, Google Voice. I've been meaning to ask. Google Voice, uh, you know, I'm looking for something that has some letters in it, and I couldn't find anything close to that in 412 because you, you can type in so you decided to pick a random area code just for yeah, that's not, yeah, it's not that random it's it's outside i mean completely not random yeah yeah <laughs> mercer county 724 we grew up around 724 after the switch right you know? i think what we're tr- what chachi and i are getting at is that you should have a 412 yes to, to represent the pittsburgh right yeah yeah since we're i, we're I have a 412 google voice number why don't you Right. I, I think we do for Mayhem Show. I do that's, for my business. Not, so Awesome uh, Cast isn't good enough. That, yeah. it's, uh, no, I have no excuse for this whatsoever. All right, then. All right. Good All talk. Right. Good yep. talk. Good, good talk. talk. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, well, Cindy, the reason we had you on this week, I, I, I saw your post the other day on uh, My Brilliant Mistakes uh, and, and your blog and about SOPA. There's a lot going on this week. Uh, Chachi has something to say. Uh, the 12-sided figure is Dodecagon. Thanks to your brother in the chat room. There you go. Uh, okay. Dodecagon. Sure. Make your dodect- dodecagon. Uh, anyways, no, but uh, soap is a big thing going on. Uh, tomorrow, the uh, January 18th, is the uh, National, I guess, Blackout Day. I don't know if there's an official name for it. Anti-SOPA Blackout Day. Uh, so I know we've touched on a little bit here and there as it's been developing over the last few weeks. Uh, but I figure we'd uh, uh, get you on, Cindy, and, and, and kind of hash out what what exactly is going on with SOPA these days. And I guess the uh, Protect IP Act as well. Yeah, they're, they're actually, you know, they're two different acts, um, one for each House of Congress. And they're they're closely related, although the provisions are, are a little bit different in each one because different senators and congresspeople were involved in putting together the different ones. Both of them are basically being primarily driven by big... Uh, media companies um, and unions and things along those lines, um, none of which is a, a bad thing. It's just that the money all seems to, when you look at the Congress people that were involved in making these acts, a lot of them are heavily backed, I guess might be a good word, or donated to by um, uh, like the big movie houses in particular, um, big publishing houses and people like that. And the basic idea of it is that they, although we've got a lot of protections for um, for rights holders, for intellectual property rights holders, um, for sites within the United States like YouTube and, you know, other video sites, uh, sites that are owned outside the United States, there's really no way in U.S. courts to block those. And so these laws are meant to kind of keep people from just starting a website overseas or using websites overseas to basically give people access to movies and videos and music and whatnot. And the, uh, so that, in, in theory, is a good kind of thing. I mean, anyone who creates content should be in favor of it being protected in some ways, although there's limits to that, I'm sure. But the problem with it is that um, the, the 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 laws are just kind of very loosely written, and they to, to get around all the technical problems, they kind of cut off DNS addresses, uh, or, or I'm sorry, not, um, not domain names, and so it kind of screws with the way that linking in the internet works. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and 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 doesn't even protect everything because, Just, as it shows in the video, as I showed for the video people, it's on your website at. Uh, uh, on your blog, uh, if you just if you know the IP address, uh, which is you know that that uh, six number uh, uh, you know address that all websites really kind of live on, uh, they're really kind of masked. For those who don't know, uh, uh, you know by our dot coms or you know and everything that's out there. Uh, if you know that, you're still getting through. Right. So it doesn't really. So it doesn't really work. But what's what's really really bad is that it. It kind of puts the onus on the uh, the ISPs in particular, or anyone who's who has a website. Let's say so. Facebook is a U.S. company, but people can embed videos and link to videos there. It kind of makes it so that Facebook, as an example, has to suddenly now monitor everything that people put on it to make sure there's no bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that is just not the way anything on the internet has really worked so far. It's it's an impossible task to ask people to ask any um, service provider to do that. For yes, a small it, cable it company, goes, big cable company, any kind of ISP, mm-hmm. it's just not realistic. It goes back to our argument in a previous episode of uneducated people writing stuff they shouldn't be writing. Or trying well, to well, do I don't stuff. expect like every senator to understand. I expect them to know a little bit about DNS. It's not that hard, but well, they no, hire I'm not people, a, right. right? To they, do this. They need to bring in educated people. Well, GoDaddy was to, a part of this, at least for a little bit, the writing well, of this. That's why they got in trouble uh, with the public a few weeks ago. So, I mean, it's not like it's completely non-technical people. It's the people that would be, you know, directly affected by this, the, the registrars. Well, um, when they were debating this in um, in Congress, I believe in the Senate, they have six you know industry experts to present you know to answer questions from the senators to be able to, debating the bill, which is how these things work. Of those six people, one was against the bill, and five were sort of for the bill. In other words, one was actually this one. Um, she may have been the only woman on the on the panel as well. Just as a side note, um, this lawyer from Google, and the rest were basically um, movie and publishing house people. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't seem very no. um, above board. No. And at the same time, when those industry experts were trying to explain it to the, the Senate, um, I forget who it was, but somebody was quoted as basically saying, that, like, we don't need a bunch of nerds to explain this to us. When in fact, they did need a larger amount of nerds, more nerds than they had available to them, <laughs> because <laughs> they still nerds. don't understand. Bring us all nerd the nerds! <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it really is this whole, the thing that, you know, a lot of people need to understand about the SOPA thing is that SOPA as a, a small nugget of a concept of something to potentially protect intellectual property on the internet. That idea is smart. It is smart. It is necessary. There would be something at some point that will do this thing. The issue that so many people have with SOPA is that the, uh, the, words like the wordage used in the bill give too much authority to the wrong person to do the wrong things because of so many misunderstandings throughout the many levels of this bill on how it will treat the media to who's being prosecuted to who has the power to prosecute um it just everything falls in the wrong place mm-hmm. we we do need something like sopa but we do not need sopa exactly Exactly. You know, one of the people who has been really um, chatting up on Twitter is uh, about and sort of in favor of it is Rupert Murdoch, and who, you know, the, the chairman of News Corp. You know, the <laughs> great big, multifaceted. He's been saying a lot of multi tentacled person. He's been doing a lot of interesting stuff on his Twitter lately, actually. 
Well, and, you know, I mean, apparently for a long time, I mean, you, you think back uh, just earlier last year, Rupert Murdoch's, um, I'm, I'm flaking now on which of the newspapers it is that he owns, the one in England that was um, hacking people's cell phones. Mm. Which one was yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I, the I the one that the shut down. Um, and so I feel like if he is coming out against, I mean, in favor of something, I would rather be against it, whatever <laughs> it is. Right. And it's a lot of the, um, you know, like so much of this internet legislation that we, we talk about a lot, whether it's copyright reform or patent reform or, uh, you know, piracy control or, uh, you know, controlling any any rights to any media that is being shared there is there's two sides of of this coin when you drill everything down to it there is figuring out how to make money on something that can be replicated the argument of uh bits versus atoms uh in that you know it's super easy for me to build something physically and for you to make that thing you would have to spend time you'd have to spend money but when it's something that's made out of bits it's literally a case of copy and paste and there's you know there's no relative cost to that uh, and on, uh, so that's like Rupert Murdoch is into this because, you know, it puts more money in his pocket and that's cool for him because it says that it, it breaks down a lot of barriers to entry when he's looking to sue somebody for content. Mm -hmm. And Rupert Murdoch has a lot of content on the other side of it. Uh, the rest of us understand that the internet, like it's been completely un um, unfettered. We've had unfettered access for so long. This is really cool. Uh, and the importance of this massive brain trust that we've created by this free flow of information is a really important thing to maintain. And so when you have sloppy things like SOPA coming along and putting the wrong power in the wrong hands, you, you inhibit this, um, this ability to share information, period. What we need is a SOPA that actually understands all of the different kinds of information and where it goes to, where it comes from, who should benefit from this, that, and the other thing. But it's the same reason that the patent system is broken, is because nobody's been able to approach it in the right way. I think as they're thinking about this, they kind of have to look at the sort of the net benefit and the costs that are involved. I mean, somebody is going to lose in some way. They're, somebody's going to be restricted in some way. It's just like the rest of life. You know, I am, you know, restricted from riding around willy-nilly in my car, just driving backwards up one-way streets because it's the to the greater good that we have rules and laws about those things. And, and so in the same way, you have to kind of look at the greater good of the internet. You know, if a few multinational um, great big companies make a tiny bit less money um, because um, some people are torrenting uh, um, a, a couple of movies. And, and frankly, it's just not when you look at the big picture of it, it's not that not that big of a thing that they're losing. Uh, then it, 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 that is having having them lose a little bit of money that way is much better than all the, re the all of the world being losing the power of the internet and the ability to link and the whole way that hyperlinking works, having that all of a sudden stop working. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to, to make a completely horrible example out of it, your option A, SOPA wins and, you know, the MPAA makes a few more billions of dollars for everybody involved with it. Or option B, uh, SOPA fails, something better comes into place that controls uh, the way we share information in a more appropriate way. And the scenario in which Joe A comes up with an idea and Joe B comes up with an idea and they can share that idea together and through some happenstance they cure cancer. Like these are like the serious ramifications we're talking about when we talk about shutting down, you know, the the dam so to speak on the flow of information on the internet. Somebody that, that is uh, kind of fed up and looking to hopefully do something about it is uh, I was listening to this today Alex Lindsay, of course Pixel Core's Mac Break, uh, all that fun stuff. 
Uh, he has a manifesto over on his Google Plus account right now. Uh, it's basically calling for, uh, I, I guess it's a, a uh, I don't want to call it a lobbyist group, but at least in a, an organization to, to uh, you know, we, we talk about nobody's telling, you know, the, the, the lobbyists for all the record companies and everything are, of course, you know, one-siding uh, stuff like this, whereas no entity really strong enough from our side, other than our massive voice and protests like we're seeing tomorrow. Uh, uh, but they're looking to put together a group that would be uh, a more of a, 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 you know, a big voice to it. Um, let me let me just read you a little bit here. He's got like three steps to how they would do this. He says we need a sort of a uh, Internet Protection Fund uh, pack. That is designed with a single purpose to use every legal means to attack those who would attack us, uh, being us like professionals on the Internet, uh, users of the Internet, uh, to bring fight to uh, their doorstep, the airwaves and their TVs. We need to organize and focus in the resistance. Step one, stop soap on Piper. Uh, before they are passed through tar targeted boycotts, information campaigns, and letter-writing campaigns. Step two, target those in Congress who support these bills in an attempt to unseat them uh, in the fall with uh, internet, grassroots TV, and radio campaigns. Congress needs to know that supporting these bills is no longer a blank check. It's no longer safe. Uh, and step three, we need to build our organization between elections, build its resources, build its capacity, and defend our rights aggressively. Uh, the fight is about the intensity as the information age matures. We need to bring begin to take an active role in shaping our online future. So, um, and of course, the PACs are kind of the, the, the big thing to do uh, these days. And, and this is an interesting new uh, take on it outside of what Colbert is doing over there uh, in South Carolina. Well, so, so, but we have the Electronic Frontier Foundation already. Is the difference that that is not a PAC or? Uh, they, are a, they are a lobbyist group. So I guess mm -hmm. this is more of an education uh, look if this is a PAC. So it's mm -hmm. a, it's a, you know, we get out there again on the airwaves. Uh, it, it's more of an education measure, you know, uh, as opposed to, I, I don't know, do, do PACs give money to campaigns? Is that? Oh, sure. That's the whole point. That is, that is, yeah. um, I, I didn't know if it was for giving to campaigns or, uh, uh, un, I don't know, untethering, uh, uh, of, of supporting, uh, a, a campaign. I confess that most of my knowledge on this matter comes from watching the Stephen Colbert. Same here. Same <laughs> so, here. It's been very educational so, lately um, in this matter. Please take this with a grain of salt, but. Um, I believe it does both. It both because you you don't have to disclose how much money you've given to a pack, um, but the pack has to disclose, I think, how much it gives gives. Mm -hmm. So so it does kind of decouple a little bit. Or else I have this, those two things backwards. You don't have to say how much. Either way, um, but it can definitely support candidates, and that's part of that's part of the thing of it. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, and so you can see this backing like pro-technology uh, candidates, but I guess mostly to say we're not going to, you know, we're, we're going to let people know not to support you in the fall. Um, but even as far as the between the election stuff, you know, th this is that's when this kind of stuff comes up. Sure. It's going to be a little bit like like Occupy wherever yeah. in that it's like herding cats to use two <laughs> metaphors in a row. Um, because the po the thing is that this, that, that everybody is so decentralized and has slightly different ideas. And so you, once you start to organize, then all of a sudden you have to, you have to organize, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, I'm not saying it shouldn't be done. In fact, I think it should be, um, but I'm just saying it's going to be a great challenge. And if anyone can do it, I'm sure it's Alex. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it's over on his Google plus, uh, I'll tweet that here. Uh, in a second, uh, can I present an idea? 
And uh, wait, 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 one second, he's, look, he's looking for pluses on the on the thing and they get so many, they're going to see what they need to do to, to move ahead on this. What do you got, Josh? Um, I would like to propose we follow uh, the joke in the IT crowd. <laughs> okay. Where we create a council of the elders of the internet. It would be knowledgeable people who would sit down and do the things that we need to do for the internet. And we're going to put the internet in a box no are we gonna vote for those people yes yeah so i think isn't that is that i i i know not entirely but is that kind of puts the power in the hands of the nerds is that kind of what i can is but not what yeah i was just gonna say i can kind of already does that isn't i can kind of like the united nations of the internet but we do yeah i can is sort of the united nations of the internet but they do more they do much more like high level topical stuff you're not necessarily arguing ethics and information organization in the ICANN. It's more like the, my ICANN's number one concern is to make sure that the internet functions. They don't mm. care about what data is on it's it. It's more a technology thing. It's more a yeah. make sure the pipes are moving. Right. Yeah. And they certainly like that is the closest thing to uh, a United Nations of the internet as we have because they will bring in, you know, uh, uh, What's that? Oh, wow. I am just bad with words and names today. Uh, but they'll, they'll bring in, uh, you know, doctorate, crazy, huge brain type people to uh, discuss information logistics. I think the idea of a United Nations of the Internet is something that a lot of people have talked about before. But again, you end up with these problems of everybody has, even everybody in the Occupy movement, you know, you, you read the, the manifestos and everybody has a different idea about what the right thing is and like cindy said it's what needs to be accomplished is the best for the whole Mm -hmm. in order for this to actually work out Mm -hmm. it's gonna be it's it will happen eventually and it's so unfortunate that that that, uh, like i think ICANN is a u.s entity technically uh this is of course a u.s law that really will affect the world if they have to implement this Mm-hmm. You know, we, we granted. I guess the internet is an invention of the United States defense, uh, but but still, it's become a lot bigger than something that should be controlled by the United States. Yeah, and Especially. it's it's really just something that you, the internet is moving. The internet as a system is moving much faster than any other system that has uh, supported so many infrastructures around the world than any, like literally anything else. Mm-hmm. By the what time, if it really you did know, go away. What if it was actually gone? I mean, maybe we'd actually be relieved. We could reimagine it from scratch. <laughs> How many careers no. are going to go away when that <laughs> happens? <laughs> well, because it's moving so fast, no governing body can keep up with it. Yeah, and so very quickly, um, it's not like. So, for instance, there's going to be a protest tomorrow. Wikipedia is going to go black. Uh, Reddit is going to go black. A couple other websites are basically going to shut down. These websites that we depend on every day. So, you know, the example of what if it wasn't there? Well, Wikipedia will not be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And this yep. is an example of something that hypothetically could happen uh, to websites that you depend on every day if SOPA were to go into effect. I, I think my point was more like, you know, in the same way that – as they're building cellular networks in Africa where there isn't a whole bunch of infrastructure that they're leaning on, they end up being better in some ways than what's here. If we could reinvent it from scratch, like from nothing, nothing and do it really smartly and cleverly, maybe we would do it better. So in some ways, you know, if you're very optimistic, you might say no matter what happens here, uh, good will prevail. Yeah. I mean, you you would, for all of the times that information sharing throughout history before the internet, has you know has prevailed ideally uh 
I would certainly like to think that we won't end up in a Big Brother 1984 scenario. But hey, you never know. <laughs> well, um, already we've seen uh, the White House has made a statement against uh, these acts. They've been more or less tabled in, for voting until February, it looks like. Um, and uh, but But they're not dead. And Both of them were tabled. I didn't know that uh, that Piper had been tabled until February. I, think I thought it was Pipa, later this month. I, okay, Piper was at least later. Uh, but yeah, it, it, most of them got delayed because uh, I think both both of them were supposed to be voted on by now. I think so, one of them is on the twenty fifth. Hmm. And, and of course, there's the concern. You know, everybody's yeah. Piper is going to be uh, Piper will be voted on January twenty fourth. Okay. So in uh, House Congress or House House. Yeah, so, Senate, House. Senate. Okay. Well, of course they're voting on it in the House. They can't hold votes outside. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're being but, but at least at this point, to... enough um, in the White House statement, they talk about how they understand that the uh, the DNS, specifically the DNS segment of um, of SOPA, is something that they're basically just completely reconsidering and that they understand that it is not effective in any way, shape, or form. And it's kind of well, there were people, I mean, the, some of the senators who are involved in doing the security laws, you know, and the secure communications and things on the web were like, you know, this law you're passing actually contradicts things in this law we're passing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, you know, the, the White House doesn't want to make, doesn't want their newly found Instagram account to go away. So, uh, so that's good. That's good. Of all, yeah, really, they're making big. They get so much mileage out of their Flickr photos. They really, that. they of all people should be saying no, no, no. Look at this Instagram stuff going on. He's playing with the dog. He's he's in Egypt. What? Um, yeah. So uh, there's that. Um, well, anyways, hey, this blackout thing tomorrow. Wikipedia is going to take part. Uh, a bunch of other sites are going to take part. I know uh, this week in tech, Twitter is going to be doing some kind of coverage of the day. Uh, they, they promise it's going to be unique. Uh, who knows what that's going to be. And Twitter's CEO came out and said that they will not be participating. Thank in Black God. <laughs> so, well, they know how many addicts they have Ooh. out there that will go insane if that happens. Kind of neat. Also, right also ChachiPlays.com will not be participating. We don't want to, you know, scare away any any prospective donators. Yeah. Well, let me uh, say this, blackout. though. You know, we, um, my company, Big Big Design, I don't think it's going to, our blackout's going to have not have the same impact as, say, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Although you would think it would. But the plugin that I'm using, the script that I'm using, um, it's actually sort of like a semi-blackout. So mm-hmm. that when people come to your site, they first see an informative blackout screen. And then when you when anyone clicks that screen, then they can see the rest of your site. So it's like a compromise. And, I, and it's a very easy you know, WordPress plugin to um, to put in. I think it's if – I'm going to have to go and look up the URL to get it. But it's uh, – I think it's sopablackout.com or .org. And – Simple, super simple to put in if you have a WordPress site. And, and uh, uh, I, I followed the link from your your uh, blog post here, where you can see it in action. It just uh, posts say this is what the web could look like under the Stop Online Piracy Act, and it has some links to contact your representatives and find out more. And it says uh, underneath, click anywhere to continue. So I mean, that's nice and quick and easy, and and it kind of makes a statement. Because I mean, right. how, uh, if for people that haven't been following this SOPA thing, if they're not tech-minded, just been going to you know their Yahoo News or whatever, uh, you know, and, and surfing the internet, this is going to be a big wake-up call for if you know uh, who else is big other than Wikipedia that that's doing this right now? Do we know Reddit? 
Reddit's doing it as well. Uh, but they're doing all the cheeseburger network, all the cheeseburger met, uh, network, because they were the big ones that are going to pull out of GoDaddy. their thousand plus whatever domains uh, because of their support for SOPA. And, of all people uh, that really, really require people user generated content. I mean, they that's their lifeblood. They exactly. couldn't they could not possibly. Exactly. I'm sitting there uh, looking on Blip TV where we, we host a lot of shows like this one and uh, Wrestling Mayhem show. And uh and I'm watching a, I'm watching an episode of something uh, I think it was like Nerd Girl or something, and she's got like a top five about like the Disney sequels, and, and it's all clips of movies, you know, right. where you know I would imagine fair use because it's commentary that fits, and uh, Blip TV doesn't have the same kind of policy that YouTube does that it would get yanked down like not like nothing like that, uh, but still I mean that's the kind of content out there, all that commentary content. Uh, the news content, like stuff like, you know, Tech News Today just had their recent issue with YouTube and uh, Universal Music Group uh, because they showed part of a video that was under protest and, and they took it down. Um, and this would be, I mean, that's kind of stuff that, that's that's primed for this. Or what about, you know, that uh, thing that circulated for over the past week or so, that Hello video where someone took that Lionel Richie song, Hello, which I'm, I realize predates all of you people, but some of us remember it. And, <laughs> um, and then they set it to film clips. Did mm. you see this? It's hilarious. I know I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay, so look for it's actually on Vimeo. Um, if you if you search for "Hello Lionel Richie," this video will almost certainly come up. And so they've taken like hundreds of of film clips that fill in all the lyrics for this song. It's really good. And that, I mean, all in court they could debate: is it fair use? Are the are the clips small enough? You know, but um, but the point, the problem with the with SOPA and Protect IP is. That it wouldn't necessarily, you know, before it even goes to court, they could request that that whole site be taken down. So not just that video, but the entire site. That's mm -hmm. the problem. Yeah, we got a little bit now. Uh, so you can check that out. Oh. My mind. oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's going on here? Oh, there goes the episode. But the, and, uh, now the we're, and, and, and now we'll be pulled from YouTube. Yeah. The, uh, the important thing for people to understand in this blackout protest, stuff, I read something up uh, a bunch of weeks ago. Somebody was like angry that people were considering blackouts and that Tumblr had uh, the blackout for a day where they censored everybody's, um, everybody's blog posts. Whether you, whether you liked it or not, if you remember on Tumblr, your entire dashboard was full of nothing but black boxes, which was just a, a demonstration to get the word out. And a lot of people, similar to uh, campaigns uh, in which you change the color of your Twitter avatar, things like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't get why this makes sense and why Tumblr would pull a stunt like that. And the point is that these websites have, I, I don't know what Reddit's outreach is, but it's millions of, of, of impressions every day. And that's millions of people to reach out to and potentially millions of people who currently are not thinking about SOPA. And the reason that things like, the reason that something like SOPA could slip through the Senate without anybody thinking about it is because we are the ones talking about it, not our parents. Mm -hmm. So the point here is to break the internet in a way that gets people to talk about it. The most effective thing that could happen tomorrow is that your mom or your dad or a senator, or somebody goes to Wikipedia and can't use it and is extremely frustrated by that fact. And then they go and they look up why Wikipedia is blacked out, and they read a paragraph about SOPA and why it's important. So if all of us get a call tomorrow from our parents asking why the internet's broken, that's yes. a good thing. Yes. yes. And your, your job, nerds, I'm talking to you, your job, <laughs> nerds, is to find somebody who doesn't oh, know what SOPA crap. is what? and explain it to them. I am taking the day off tomorrow. 
Just find somebody oh. who doesn't get it, doesn't understand it, and wants to learn and explain it to them. Because yes, then have... they'll explain it to somebody else, and they'll explain it to somebody else. And the next time a stupid bill like this tries to go through the house, there will be so many more angry people than just four people on a podcast. I have an entire firm full of people that are going to be calling to find out why they can't access this stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Chapter 10. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, well, uh, in other news, uh, uh, another uh, personal and privacy kind of stuff, uh, Google uh, unveiled personal searches in this past week and it's got a bunch of people miffed. They did. That was kind uh, of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the Google search or people complaining about it? Which side are you taking? Uh, I didn't see anybody complaining about it, but when I accidentally turned it on, then I had to figure out how to turn it off. There it caused me all of five seconds of frustration. So if you're complaining about it, you're an idiot. I wasn't really, I wasn't really asked to turn it on, though. No, it dots on by default. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think for me, I felt like for me, like I had searched for something and I got a little box that said, oh. hey, there's this thing. It does this thing. Look at what your friends are saying. So yeah, you get this. You, you search for it, and, and like you know, I, I typed in "awesome cast" as, just as an example. And it says fifty personal uh, results, and uh, you go and you get this little person icon like by our website. And there's uh, Matt uh, Nero, who's a you know a big contributor on the on the Google Plus. Um, it is there's some more random stuff. There's us on Google Plus. There's other stuff. We had an episode um, called "Go Lay Down." Yeah, that was last episode. Oh. Um. But, but you get the idea. And I guess the issue is, well, it, it's crowding all your stuff from Google+, Plus, but nothing from Twitter, nothing from Facebook uh, is being used to this effect. Um, and uh, I, I, my first my first impression of this before, you know, really there was like this talk about how, how Twitter and Facebook are included. Um, I think they asked Twitter. Did they ask it, Twitter? Yeah. And they, Twitter said no. Uh, I'm looking at... Uh uh, I just because I, I I had a feeling that wasn't right. They, uh, it's pulling from my Tumblr and my Twitter. It is. Yeah, they're pulling from more places, and I thought that Twitter wanted to be more integrated with it. And then Google said, "Well, you know, we talked with you. I'm going to have to look up the link on that. I'm sorry, but I, I did read that this week." Okay. Okay. And it can be it can be useful as a thing. So, like, mm-hmm. I just search for bananas. <laughs> you know. But as but a, the thing about it is we we you know we end up in this sort of. If I wanted to ask my friends what they thought about something, I would ask my friends. I don't go to Google. I ask. I go to Google when I want to hear my what my friends don't already know. <laughs> you know, and yeah, so I, I realize there's a switch for it. But I, I can tell you, no. But there, there are the the number of people who actually understand how to read Google search results is maybe ten percent of people. If that's maybe even ambitious. I, I spend I spend so much time explaining to my high school student, I mean my college students, and to all of my clients. These are organic results. These are ads. These are ads over here. You know, this is what the difference is. So they don't, if they can't even tell the difference when it says advertisement at the top of the page, they are totally not going to get when something is being recommended because they already knew someone who would recommend it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand that. I mean, like as a nerd, I totally appreciate having the switch at the top. So it says like you know thirty personal results of twelve million five hundred thousand and other results. And I, I like the ability, like if I'm looking to, you know, fix a bit of code or something, it would be super useful if I'm looking for, like, say I have an error in a script or something, and it says two personal results, and I see the little icons are two developers that I know. That could be incredibly useful information for me that I had not thought of. Mm-hmm. So it's nice for me to be able to access it, but I totally understand the idea that 
especially if this thing gets turned on accidentally or by default, then a lot of people are going to be very confused. Yeah, and this is my problem. Is I, my first my first in- intention was that uh, the fishbowl effect might be a problem. Like I know I on Google Plus, I have a problem with. I have a couple big people I follow. Like uh, I, I type banana, and I'm sure I got very different results than you did, Rob, uh, mm-hmm. because mine has uh, results with guys Kawasaki and uh, Kevin Rose. Amongst others, Jeff Jarvis. None of my actual close friends until until about the six or so down. Uh, but I'm worried about this kind of fishbowl effect that might be happening. I, I have. I, I actually have a Michael D. Sword. Oh yeah. Uh, result number three: about to go bananas like it's Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when that was from. Um, but again, you know, it's like I see all, you know, by default, I'm seeing all personal results for the first page. Um, and uh, what if I want to know what other people want to know about bananas? This is all personal. This is okay. I click the X and I get regular. And yeah. I guess um, if you go to the top here in the corner, you got the personals on right. and then you go to all of them. Yep. So um, and you see you get your personal results up here. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. It is also, I mean, when you think about, about how that information is coming in, I have a lot of friends with opinions who are not on the internet at all. They're not blogging. They're not Google plusing. Mm-hmm. So, so suddenly we start to slant results, even if you ask for them toward just the segment of the population that cares to share. Mm-hmm. So is that a good thing? I mean, is that, I mean, that's, it's flavoring your well, results, well, even it, if you're choosing to choose fl- get flavored results, to the people who are willing to take the time to write the review or the, the people who take the time to go and tweet and plus and whatnot. But then, you know? well, I but mean, then if you're not in always, that circle. That's a, that's a historical problem with information. Yeah. I mean, if you have, you have a question about something 10 years ago, you're going to go to a library to get information on it. Well, then you just landed your results to anybody who was able to publish a book. Or a journey. That's true. I'm just saying that um, because of the the amount of information that's coming in this way, um, it seems like it it's a self fulfilling prophecy because people will find out about the things that they that other people have found out about. I mean, it's like a, a vicious circle, right? Mm-hmm. At a much faster pace. I think you're right. I, I mean, you're certainly right that that we already had that effect, but it multiplies it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, as it is, we already have. You know, you look up videos, YouTube comes up, and Google Images come up. So, um, so I mean, what do you think about this this idea that uh, you know you're, you're not in the circle unless you're on Google Plus? Is is this a little bit too severe of shoving Google Plus down our throats? Other than anybody that owns an Android phone these days, I still don't like using it. It's maybe it's just me. I'm sure it's it's just that I'm stuck in the mud. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, really I don't, like I don't really like it, it the way it looks. I mean, I tried really hard. I just don't care for it. Mm-hmm. It's just us. I don't. I don't try hard. It gets shoved we'll be left down my behind. throat. Now you're right. you have an Android phone, so you're seeing a lot of this. Yeah, it gets shoved down my throat. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, there's a commercial about putting your contacts in circles. That that's the very kind of at the core of the phone. It seems like. No, see, a lot of my con- a lot of my contacts mm-hmm. are non-computer using people. Okay. And there's a reason they're in my phone. Mm-hmm. Because they don't use the computer. If they're on the computer, I'm going to contact them through there, which I have their contacts on the computer, which I can also access from my phone. So you don't like this merging of no. worlds? Okay. No, I, I am happy for a smartphone that does what I want when I want it to. Mm-hmm. But I want my phone contacts separate, separate from my my internet contacts Mm -hmm. because right now I'm having an issue with uh, 
my phone importing pictures for people. Oh, from their accounts. From their accounts to my my phone contacts, mm-hmm. and they're wrong. Uh, How I are have, they wrong? Um, Sorg's wife, Missy, now has a picture of um, ex-host of the Mayhem show, Mayhem Missy, as her contact picture on my phone. Because somehow the sync option went through and said, oh, this is a M- Missy, you have a Missy over here, so it's the same Missy. Let's slap those things together. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a big problem. Well, I, I mean, all this is a, uh, you know, like I said, the internet's moving too fast for people to keep up. And we are, we're constantly trying to figure out the problem of how do we deal with so much information at the same time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's super useful for me to have all of my contacts that I have on my computer on my phone. So when Joe so-and-so from some supply company or electronics company or whatever, and I need to know his uh, his email address on the fly, and I can put the phone number that he called me from, merge it with that contact and that email address, and then I'm on my computer, and I have all of this information available to me no matter what device or service I'm currently using. Having a unified contact list is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The problem is that very few services have figured out how to make that merge in a smart way. We're just not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we upgraded our phones to the 4Ss and got Missy on the iCloud. All of our contacts disappeared. And then somehow they got merged with my account. So Right. I mean, I mean just, just huge, the application is, yeah. is a problem. There's, there's the errors. There's like, and when you're, when you're dealing with that amount of information, it's a, it's a huge issue. Uh, Sonic Screwdriver in the chat room says, no, lots of people don't use Google+. You can almost hear the crickets when you log in. It depends on who you have circled. If you just uh, circled all your friends and not all of them have the same opinion. I mean, if you follow, if you're looking for, I think, like groups of people that are already on there, like I always hear about photographers is a big group that talks on there. Um I mean, well, how long did it take for Facebook to actually have information on it? Exactly. There were crickets exactly. on Facebook for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was all college kids. I mean, and then, and then they opened it up, and then I got on, and it was like, why am I here? You yeah, know, I mean, for me personally, time. only in the last year has like, Facebook become all my friends like a good are on place MySpace. for me to go for content. All my, all my friends are on MySpace doing a bunch of stuff and all the bands and all that stuff. Uh, you know, uh, this is never going to fly. Now look at it. So, um, Another news, Zappos got hacked. Sure did. So what happened there? Oh, you know, they got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> this was interesting, though. Uh, for them to, to take care of it, they they, they sent, uh, they basically said no credit card information, just personal information. Uh, they are, as far as they know. As far as they know, always. <laughs> um, they treated it as a, a, uh, as a personal breach and sent resets to, I think, just about everybody. Oh, at the entire base, uh, and the, and they did they did it very neatly. It is at least a very clean kind of break. Like, look, we don't know if you got it got it or not, but you know, you have a whole new password right now. Here's how to fix it. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. pretty simple. It was like the cle- clearest email I've read in a long time. And then they and then they turned off their phone lines because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess they figured everybody would be calling about this email and worried about it, and uh, and uh, and they said, hey, we're not going to handle that right now. So uh, so they yeah. had it temporarily I mean, turned off. One of the reasons that I bring up the story, well, there's there's two re- reasons that I that I stuck this story on the on the dossier. Um, reason number one: if you have the same password on every website that you use, you're an idiot. Stop it. You're asking for trouble because in the in the, in the scenario in which you have the same password for Zappos that you do for like your bank account, like really, somebody's going to hack into Zappos at some point in time, 
And now they have your name, your address, your phone number, all of your personal information, and access to your bank account. Mm-hmm. That that's a, a heck of a of a thing. So you should you'd really be using something like LastPass or One Password to generate a legitimately good password. And I don't mean like Frankenstein thirteen. I mean you know, those you know the two camps. You can go for a passphrase of a phrase that makes absolutely no sense and is much harder to crack than a random sequence of alphanumeric characters. Either of those cases, you should have a different password for everything you use on the internet. If you are somebody who has a different password for everything you use and Zappos got hacked, worst case scenario, they might use your personal information to do some phishing scams and you have to go get a new password and it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Or they'd come and hunt you down by you know knowing what shoes you own. Yes, yes. Or they, they might <laughs> try to sell hunters. you some shoes. You know, that could happen. Also, uh, a friend of mine posted on Facebook last night. They said... Uh, you know, I'm thinking about buying shoes, and the shoes that I wanted were on Zappos, but I just heard that they got hacked, and now I'm second-guessing myself. The important thing to understand on the internet with hacking and all that is that it is actually, like, if you really want to hack somebody, you can. You certainly can. It doesn't take uh, a rocket scientist, so to speak. If you spend any time on 4chan, you know it doesn't take uh, a rocket scientist to cause some damage. Um, but it's more of a question of who is a target and who is not. So... Uh, the metaphor that I use with this person is that I am perfectly capable of breaking into any house on your block, but it's the one with the gold chains in the window that I'm probably going to go after. Um, and you know, the Smiths probably have less security than this awesome house with the gold chains in the window, but I'm still going to try. So if you go shopping somewhere else because Zappos got hacked, you're not doing yourself any kind of favor. The only reason Zappos gets hacked is because it's a target. Why? Because they have a lot of customers. Why do they have a lot of customers? Because they do good service. So you don't necessarily want to hold it against them because they got hacked. Zappos has better security than most people. They were unfortunately subject to something that got in. And now they'll have even better security because they got hacked and they're going to cover that hole. Exactly. So... And you're more likely to have your credit card number stolen by, you know, the waitress that takes your card and runs it after dinner, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's why I tell him, try to tell my grandfather all the time. Yeah. Does it help? No, it doesn't. He's still still afraid to buy stuff on the internet. So silly. Oh, that's yeah. sad. Yeah. So, hey, uh, we're a bunch of cord cutters, most of us here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, um, I uh, I subscribe to Ardio. Ardio. Okay. Hey, I gave okay. into Ardio. So so so, how's that been going for you? Uh, pretty good. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. As you know, I, I signed up for the iTunes match, so that was my other music purchase, but the 30 bucks to upconvert all of my um, legally obtained music was great, so I'm okay with that. Uh, and I got RDO because I got sick of Pandora, um, mostly because of it just having an awful algorithm and Sesame Street ending up in my music. Um, Thankfully, I'm not having that problem, but... Yeah. Uh, and you know, Spotify, I've never been super happy with Spotify. The interface is kind of kludgy and they have that weird commercial thing and yeah, you pay for it, get rid of whatever, whatever. And Spotify is no longer going to be free in a little bit. I don't know if you heard. Mm-hmm. They're stopping that. And, uh, and I know a few people on RDO and they have enough music discovery stuff on it combined with the ability to listen to full albums of whatever I want, whenever I want the streaming and all that good stuff. So, uh, so I'm sold. So that's our new jam in the studio. And, uh, so far I'm super happy with it. Excellent. Excellent. Anyways, on the TV front, there was a lot of news in the, in the past week though. Um, first of all, uh, we heard rumblings before about Microsoft wanted to do a uh, TV subscription plan. Remember that, Rob? Remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. apparently they passed on it, uh, because they went to all the studios said, Hey, we want to do this thing. Uh, what do we need to do to do this thing? And, uh, 
uh, they said, uh, yeah, that's kind of expensive. I don't think we're going to do that right now. So uh, you're not going to see that very soon in your Xbox. Um, aside from these deals that we're seeing with like Verizon, Fios, and Xfinity, I suppose. Uh, but they were looking for a, pretty much an, a completely independent uh, TV subscription. So, um, but you know, the, the big issue about that, and it's not unlike what's the problem with, with cable, is that the, the networks all seem to want to bundle all their content. They still think they can do like what they've done with cable. And I have a number of friends in the cable industry, so I, I get to hear about this from them all the time that they have to sell the, you know, everyone has to get all the crap channels along with the two or three that they really, really want. And that whole bundling thing is really what's holding up basically a lot of these big deals. And, and once once somebody decides to kind of break rank, I think, and sell things piece by piece, I, finally the world will, maybe even like even the, the cable world will be a better world. Mm -hmm. um, but but that, that seems to be the big holdup. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing that with uh, the battle between like uh, HBO and, uh, and Netflix right now. Uh, they said they'll never, you know, chop their stuff up and become independent of the cable companies because they kind of depend on each other. Um, so I, I think they're like the last, the, them and the Showtimes are, are going to be the last uh, uh, card in the pockets of the cable companies uh, to, to fight these guys. You know, the, the Hulus and the Netflixes out there. So And, and also, uh, as far as uh, the how the trends are going, Hulu uh, says their revenue is up 60% in 2011, up to $420 million. And that's, uh, they said the, the let's see, 1.5 million people are paying for the service with new signups coming in twice as fast as a year ago. So uh, who's going who's gonna to pay for uh, TV that you get commercials along with it on the Internet? Yeah, apparently a lot of people. Uh, I'm one of them, and I've been I've been living on the service practically, uh, maybe a little bit more so than Netflix lately. So that that's how I watch most of my TV. So and uh, over across the pond, BBC iPlayer uh, has some stats from the last year. Uh, they've had about seven million requests. Uh, in that's a thousand percent year on year increase in the past in the past year. So uh, people they make really good television. I mean, they also make really mm -hmm. crappy television, but they make really good television. And it's just so much easier for that for their delivery service is pretty awesome, as I understand it. If you're in England and wherever else they reach, it kind of kills me. Like the the link that you you included on the little the list um, has this picture from Sherlock or the guy from Sherlock. It just broke my heart. It's just so cruel of them to hold withhold <laughs> Sherlock from us for another several exactly. months exactly. because they have to, have to go through masterpiece mystery. <laughs> Unless, it's, it's it's heartless. Unless heartless. you unless you happen to find a certain plugin for Firefox that makes them think you're in England. Yes, yes, I know. Mm. I'm just trying to be mm. above board. But yeah, you know what? Uh, <laughs> above board, above on awesome board. <laughs> what? What? You know, I, I take the legal legal route as much as I can. If, if it's not on Hulu Plus, or if Hulu Plus is doing the you can't watch it on your iPad on your Xbox, even though you bought Hulu Plus like Burn Notice, Psych stuff like that, it's dead to me. Well, hey, I mean, so there's no burn notes in your life. There's no Ooh, burn notes in my life until it's on DVD and they're streaming a lot of the older stuff on Netflix or they finally get the deal. Like Community finally got the deal, even though they just got canceled. Um, you know, burn notice, I could maybe do that. But it's gonna, everyone's got their heart, their show they really care about. Like, what's the show that you break the rules and the laws for? Maybe you, maybe you can't tell us. Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Monday Night Raw every Monday. That is there the only one. I, I had cable, uh, as I've said on the show, I had cable exclusively because I wanted to watch Monday Night Raw on Monday. Well, hey, you know, uh, it is something the, to... It's something to, cons to consider about the whole uh, uh, legally above board thing uh, is that 
whenever whenever piracy occurs in any form, pirate the root of all piracy is uh, because there's a market for something that doesn't currently exist. So and if people and if the providers would just and maybe we I don't know what I don't know what order you want can I, if like we can jump jump queue here but if a provider chooses to sell things at a rate that people want to buy it then even if there's piracy they're still going to make an oodle of money and I'm thinking here about Louis C.K. you know selling his um, he had an hour long comedy show which he taped in New York and sold it on the internet for five dollars people could download it and do whatever they wanted with it. And he made a million dollars in 12 days. It's amazing. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. And the, the, the point that I was making with the piracy thing is that in the, the, the Louis C.K. example is that now he has made an example for himself and for that medium. Now other, you know, directly other comedians, but more importantly, other content publishers can look at that and say, wow, this is maybe, maybe something I can accomplish. And in the sense of, uh, you know, trying to get Sherlock from the BBC or something like that. The BBC, if they really wanted to, they could look at their logs and figure out who's using that Firefox plugin. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, they could figure out how many people are using that Firefox plugin. And you know, right now they're looking at it and saying, you know, it's available in the UK because if we send it over there, like, you know, we can't measure how many people would want it. Mm -hmm. And the same idea is like, I think they're not sending it over here because they have a deal with PBS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but also, the more people who are interested in this thing, just like the more people who pirated music on Napster convinced Steve Jobs that iTunes might be a viable market, it, it's it's a you know it's a metric that is fed to them that says this many people are pirating your stuff. Maybe it's something you should put more thought into. You know, and that's the other thing. Um, uh, BBC iPlayer is being released uh, in Canada. I think it has already. Uh, and they are looking at other markets. So uh, it is pay. Also consider uh, BBC iPlayer is free for everybody in the UK. They also isn't their television all subsidized by their by their TV. Fees? Well, that's the thing is it's it's so, free to what they call license holders. I don't yeah, actually know exactly yeah. how the license holder thing goes, but you know it is it is subsidized by by taxes basically, mm-hmm. and so we are not paying taxes. It's public television. It, it, it's for the, the the government. It's like well, it's like you know I'm in Allegheny County. I can go to the Carnegie Library if I'm not in Allegheny County. I'm not paying into that with my taxes. I'm not. I shouldn't reap the benefits of it. I'm not in the UK paying my taxes to the TV. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the you know whatever over there. Uh, but but you know again, you know we see Canada. There's a subscription. I would gladly subscribe to the BBC iPlayer. I gotta sure. say, there's enough stuff between the Doctor Who's and the Being Humans and the and the and the Sherlock's that are over there. And, and I'm already even on Hulu. I, I find myself watching all the stuff they bring over, like Misfits, uh, Whites. Uh, IT crowd over on Netflix. I mean, my wife is, I think, getting sick of all the uh, BBC stuff I've been watching lately. Uh, You're watching but- Whites? Now I'm really extra jealous. But, and, and the new episodes <laughs> are absolutely fabulous. They have all kinds of good things. But they, it is complicated because they are a, a governmental thing. They're a public, a public um, work. Mm-hmm. So that does make it more challenging. And still, money is money. Certainly, they would want our money. You would think they would want our money. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and it's Louis C.K.'s situation is a perfect example. He has the fan base, released it, uh, DRM-free, I believe. Yep. So he's like, it's going to get out there, but the people that care are going to pay for it. You know, I've actually had a recent discussion with somebody I'm helping with some of their product, and they were like, well, I'm afraid to put it out online because aren't, aren't people going to steal it? I'm like, you know, those DVDs you put out aren't really doing you any favors for piracy any, anyways. You know, there's no, you know, it, it takes nothing, even if it was copy protected, you know, uh it's it's that's it's two seconds away of a download in a in a rip and and you have a file that's out on BitTorrent that can be shared, you know. 
So uh, it's realizing that and doing something like this and just saying, you know what, we're not going to block you. And then more people will be willing to not pirate it, I think, for that fact. Yeah, picking the right, and I think that what you were saying about iTunes earlier, I think it was Rob said that, you know, picking the right price, that, you know, the 99 cents for a song or the $1.99 for however much or the $5 for an hour long stand up comedy special. Choosing the, a, a low enough price where people say, oh my God, that's such a deal. I need to have it. It's easier for me to do it this way than to do it any other way. And also, they, they feel that, that tiny little charge of I'm doing something good, you know, that people, people go for that. Mm hmm. So uh, I want to touch on one more story and we'll get out of here so we can get ready for the wrestling show here. And uh, and we'll check in for a few minutes to see how the donations are doing ChachiPlays.com. Um, Just bringing up the... Yeah, we're, we're going to push it all night. I, this this I, I dress was, picture is getting I, out tonight, I'm I telling you. I was literally bringing up the, the PayPal account to get the total. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, but hey, we've been following a lot of tablets, of course. Uh, Windows 8 promises to change the tablets in... Uh, about a year, sometime this year, is it, I think, maybe. Um, but they're running into some price issues. There was a story that they were talking about on Tech News today. Uh, I didn't grab the article with the details here. Uh, but uh, basically, there's a little bit of headbutting going on between Microsoft with their pricing of Windows 8 and uh, Intel with their pricing of the chipsets. Uh, between the two of them, none of them want to go lower on the price because it's exactly the same chipsets or operating system as they're selling on the desktops. So they don't want to, you know, circumvent what they're doing there. That's going to lead to a, a tablet that's probably going to end up to starting around $600, $650. Which means it's going to have to uh, really be impressive for it to compete with the iPad. Exactly, exactly. Already starting off there when we have Android Android devices that aren't even, aren't even being considered above 200 it seems, these days. Mm. Um, so uh, are they already priced right out of existence with this? I'd say so. Yes. Yes. Because at this point in time, if you're not getting an iPad, mm -hmm. then you're getting an Amazon Kindle. Kindle Fire. Okay. Yeah, the Kindle Fire. There's nothing else considered at this point. No. No? If you're not seriously. I mean, I don't feel like – I am kind of uh, mired in an Apple world around here, especially with work and everything. But I, I can't remember the last time that somebody asked me the question of what tablet should I get, and they were seriously considering – like a Samsung Galaxy, whatever, or something like that, or it's like a like Motorola tab. Level up iPad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's usually like I've seen much more discussion between the Kindle Fire and the iPad than anything else. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it's for two hundred dollars. It's the. It's easier to consider. The, yeah, it, it's the go-to the go-to device. Yeah, and it's always like I really wish I could get an iPad, but I'm not sure if I have the money for it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's but not I mean, something like if there was a $600 tablet, that was an alternative to the iPad. But they're like, I really want this Android tablet, but I can't afford it. Is it the, is it the app base or is it the functionality or is it something else? For what? The, the Kindle Fire? For, for any of these. What, if you were, what, what, would, what would allow another device to win? Well, right now the Kindle Fire has the base, the best uh, non-Apple interface. Uh, it's got it's, the interface yeah, and it's, it's got smooth. all the apps that you want from Android. It, it's it's, it's, it's a combination. Of, it's another perfect storm is what we're, I mean, the iPad yeah. uh, comes with, you know, the, the fit and finish of an Apple device. So that's like, that's bonus point number one. And then the iOS app store, as AJ and I talked about last week, I think, is simply more robust and killer apps than the Android app store is. And if you talk to any developer, 
if you want to make money, you're not going to make any money if you develop applications for the for the Android. You know, there are exceptions to every rule, sure, but in in on the whole, you're definitely going to make more money in the iOS app store. So then you have larger companies like uh, like Omni Group and stuff like that who are making insanely good applications for iOS that aren't really putting their heart and soul into Android because they're not going to get a return on it. So you have fit and finish. You have a device that doesn't suck. That's that's a big one. <laughs> like battery life and and screen resolution things like that. Super important. Like uh, you know the HTC Evo is a neat phone, but the interface is awful. The apps are terrible. And show me one that has a battery life of active usage that's longer than like six hours. <laughs> Like, it's a total joke compared to legitimate devices. Apple has set a bar incredibly high, and we've beaten this into the ground so many times. But until something can, you know, tap that bar, like jump up as high as it can and sort of reach for it, we're not going to, you know, nothing's going to compete. So the reason that the Kindle Fire is, is a viable thing is because the fit and finish is super nice. It's easy to use. The interface is pretty good. It's from a company you already know. And uh, the price point isn't bad at all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Usually the way, um, I know we have limited time, so maybe this is a thing for just to start you guys thinking about, but usually the way that you knock an incumbent out of the market is by bringing in something that is very low, very, very low, and working your way up. And so imagine, you know, back uh, in the 80s, we had, you know, major workstations, and then the home PC came in and started to be pulled into business because it was more flexible. Um, and then the, so if someone brought out, um, uh, a really, you know, fun DIY kind of tablet that was goofy and almost so silly that people wouldn't even consider it, but it was dirt cheap, like 150 bucks or something. I don't even know how you would do it. Then they could come up from the ground and like get Apple from like their unprotected flank. Do you know what I mean? I would be really hard pressed to see somebody actually do that as a thing. Like there's, there's too much. I'm going to do it. That's what I would do. There's too much. uh, There's like a really (laughs) awesome metaphor for this, but I can't think of it. But there have actually there have been several tablets that were in the position to to take a flank on Apple, but in the end they just couldn't couldn't match it, couldn't hit it, couldn't hit the right market. I mean, the closest thing we saw to it was a Samsung Galaxy Tab, where a whole lot of people, nerds included, looked at it and said, "Hey, you know, this is this is serious business. This is definitely possibly a thing. But in the end, the downfall was, you know, the Android OS or the app store or the device or the battery life and that kind of thing. There have been I mean, it's, open it's maybe source. the wrong time in the life cycle. And I, I agree yeah, with you that, yeah. that it, it holds a, a pretty, what looks like an insurmountable position at this point. So maybe it's, maybe it's not now that I'm talking about, but two years from now, five years from now, but in the same way that, you know, major television is being kind of hit on the head by YouTube. Um, you're, we're gonna something is going. The, the Apple iPad is not what we're going to use for the rest of our lives. It's kind of my certainly. Point. And so, yeah. I'm just saying, if, if yeah. one and, of these and guys I mean, really well, seriously want to do this, they shouldn't make something fancy. They should make something crappy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from from our studio, there was a call out for WebOS. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be something? Out. They're taking like a year off. They're 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 kind of digging their heels and they're going to go open source. So go up a little. Hopefully, what gets Android going, um, but. Wouldn't it be something if they came out of nowhere and HP, you know, I mean, I, right honestly, WebOS right is a great example of something crappy that could turn into like a really shiny golden tooth. Have you, have you ever used one, Rob? Ever used one what? A WebOS tablet. I've used tablets and I've used phones. And the hardware is always total crap. It seemed like there they, they lost their visionary on that particular project on the HP 
yeah. web OS project. Like the guy that actually was the thing left. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, it's something that was, you know, it was small, it was cheap, it had the right idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And it was certainly something that was capable of, of taking Apple by surprise, but it was never paired up with the right thing or continued with the right visionary. Um, to to go anywhere. I mean, the the phone could cut cheese, like literally cut cheese, <laughs> possibly meats. It was uh, that sharp. From the I'm chat room, there, uh, Sonic Screwdriver wants to know uh, if the Kindle Fire picked back up in usage because he had he was wondering if his Christmas wrapping theory was right or not. Which, Has, have you heard anything more about that? I think a lot more people used it on Christmas. That's for sure. Yeah, but, certainly. Uh, I think a lot more people. Like used everybody it on used Christmas. it, and more people got their hands on it because everybody that got it as a present and got to share it with their friends. You know, uh, it's also it, it takes a little bit of trickle down time for these things to get into the hands of the right people. And then for those people to tell all of the other right people that they need to get this thing. Uh, th- it seems like a lot of parents are liking the, the Kindle Fire for their kids um, because it doesn't have all the freedoms that an iPad does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it offers a, an, a parent the right level of comfort. Certainly, and I think as more universities get through their their years expenditures, they're going to be considering looking at things much more like the Kindle Fire than the iPad uh, to roll out as textbook-type devices. Exactly, and actually there's an event going on this Thursday uh, that's an Apple education event that's speculated to be about the formats for textbooks and everything. So uh, we'll see uh, what's going to happen there. So uh, there's, there's speculation there's going to be an iPad announcement. I really don't think so It's something like this. Be, no, it's be, uh, it's an surprise. iBooks announcement. And yeah, yeah. Else. I mean, it's stuff about the iPad, but not the next iPad. I don't think yeah. it's close. Uh, they're not really being threatened by anything. Unless they, I don't know, unless the Kindle is finally threatening them, but I really doubt it. So I, I, I wouldn't say uh, the. I mean, it's not necessarily relevant to that. But the um, the when was I forget what it was. There's so many amazing Apple devices. Blah blah blah. Um, I forget what the release was, but, you know, one of the reasons that Apple is cool is because they don't necessarily wait until their toes are in the fire to start worrying about putting it out. Mm-hmm. I'd, yeah, I'd rather not see them rush a thing out the door just because they're nervous about a number. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's how you screw up. Well, uh, on that note, we've got to head out of here. Uh, Cindy, uh, you're, you're, doing, you're doing the blackout thing tomorrow? We are. We're doing that blackout that I said, you know, we're trying to raise awareness and at the same time not... Not kill our own, not kill my our own sight. <laughs> so, we are walking a fine line. And that's over. But yeah, but we are. We definitely. But most importantly, we want people. If you have not already, to con- contact their um, congressman. Even though SOPA is supposed to be tabled, that they can still bring it back. So excellent, excellent. And you have links to the WordPress uh, document over at your site at bigbigdesign.com. I do at bigbigdesign.com and also mybrilliantmistakes.com. And we're going to be um, doing the same thing with fifthworkbloggers.org as well. Excellent, excellent. Rob, what's going on with you? Oh, you know, Other monitors building, and stuff. Building cool displays uh, <laughs> just uh, for simple backgrounds. Building fancy giant things I can't talk about. I'm, uh, what am I doing right now? I'm, I'm going to be really vague and say that I'm laying glass tile on a piece of polycarbonate, and that's about all I can say. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will say... Uh, a, a public service announcement to the nerds tomorrow. Your job is not just to be an angry nerd. And everybody knows that I'm really good <laughs> at being an angry nerd. Um, I, every time I mention SOPA on Twitter or on Tumblr, something that I always polish off with is that if you don't understand what I'm saying, 
please shoot me an email or a message or contact me somehow and I will happily do everything I can to help you understand it. And your job as an angry nerd tomorrow is to educate as many people as you can uh, as to why the SOPA thing and any any internet controlling bill is something very important to pay attention to. Excellent. That's right. Shake your fist. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, Chachi? Where are we at? 1307. 1307? 1307. 1307. So uh, that's, my math's not good right now. So we're under $200. Yeah. We're under $200. Man, I might just go and pledge the rest right now. <laughs> um, so, uh, don't uh, say that because now people won't donate. They'll be like, oh, sorry. I will what? not pledge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to dig the picture up. So, um, yeah, we are uh, under $200 away from you getting. Probably the most embarrassing picture I've ever taken. You've that, that's almost slipped out a couple of times. You said you uh, stopped me yeah. a couple of times. Sorg Sorg likes to threaten me with uh, releasing it like once every two years or so. Then what am I going to do? I have no, I have nothing, nothing right? to hold over you. You have nothing. Chachi Plays is coming out. ChachiPlays.com. If you're hearing this after effect, we'll even put it on Awesomecast. We'll, we'll throw this picture over there if it made it. You know, but it's not too yeah. late if you're listening to this later. We're going to be going uh, for a couple weeks. We have uh, about three weeks left mm-hmm. until the event. So, anything big planned for this year yet? I mean, we're working on a lot of it, but uh, yeah. this year we have a uh, a Tetris tournament planned. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually not involved in playing the Tetris mm-hmm. until it gets to the final round. Uh, there was a lot of people who were interested in coming down to play Tetris, so I created this way for all of them to come down and play Tetris. Can we bet on it? If you want to, um, I think we should do like a March Madness thing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be eight people um, because I had to put a cap on it, or else Tetris would be going on for the majority you, of Chachi plays. It would be a whole <laughs> other marathon, right? I, um, I feel like totally there could be uh, you know someone we have to do the the tourney chart we have to follow this this is exciting <laughs> but uh <laughs> it'll be eight people uh first round each person gets about 10 minutes or so high mm-hmm. score top four high scores move on um next round same thing and then the times get longer as the rounds go on um with the winner of the tournament uh facing me but i'm actually i'm working on trophies um like Tetris trophies to give to the top three places as well. Are they made of Legos? Actually, uh, I forget what the game is called, but I was given a board game a while ago that's pretty much uh, a mix between Bop It and Tetris. <laughs> so I have I have physical Tetris pieces that I'm going to use to put on the trophies. Uh, from the chat room, Mad Mike says that if the picture is released, he's putting it on his Facebook. That's why. Uh, so, hey, donate, but get your donate in, Mike, if you haven't already. Yes. Um, so there you go. Uh, and of course, I'm over at Sorgatron.com, MikeSorg.com, and SorgatronMedia.com for everything going on there. Um, we got lots of stuff coming up here in the new year, of course. And if you want to drop a line to us, contact at AwesomeCast.com. How, tell us how very wrong or right we are about SOPA, or tell us how you were an angry nerd in the positive light on uh, on January 18th and uh, t- explain to your mom about SOPA or whatever else you did uh, in support. Just let us know. Also, uh, Twitter, at AwesomeCast. Uh, AwesomeCast on Facebook, of course. Google+. <laughs> and uh, 
and tag this show. Uh, hashtag AC85 uh, is the episode. Uh, if you have any other comments uh, in the Twitter uh, about anything going on here. And let us know anything you want us to talk about in the future. And uh, and there you go. Thank you. Uh, great chat room tonight. Awesome chat room. You've been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week. Yo, why aren't you recording, man? Epic go. hair. Epic wow. hair time. <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what this looks like. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I've developed, I don't know how many Merlin Man videos you've seen. There's a lot, a lot of videos where he looks like a hobo and he's wearing a hat. No, I haven't seen this. I, I saw the horse, yeah. the, like the, the emasculated horse video or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he usually, he like won't shave for a few weeks and he looks like a hobo. There was actually, at one point, somebody asked him if he needed money. It got that bad. <laughs> But um, there's a couple videos where he and he and I have like our hair kind of grows this in a similar crazy way. Mm-hmm. Start wearing this wool hat. I'm channeling too many internet celebrities. Is what's happening? <laughs> you could go as a different person every episode, and then people could guess. Yes. Who are you being today? Yeah, I can. I can pick you a different. Could be Neil Gaiman when we be uh, hundreds. I could wear like a hat and have a Star Wars backdrop, and I could be Andy and Notco. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you you have the monitors. You just need to hook an iPad up to one of them. Yeah, I mean, I could do that pretty easily. I was imp- it took me all of thirty seconds to grab a Mac Mini and hook it up to three displays. <laughs> I was pretty happy with that.